Hi, everyone. I'm Colby Horton. And I'm Frank Humata. And we'd like to welcome you to another episode of Engaging in the Next, an original podcast from Association Briefings where we talk about what's next for the association community when it comes to technology, Marcom strategy, people, membership, and money. Frank, today I want to talk about a segment of association membership that always gets a lot of talk. Seems like years and years worth of conversations. Let's chat about young professionals, and we'll initially define them as the 35 and under crowd. You know, these are the folks looking to advance their careers, looking for a sense of belonging, uh, looking for networking, looking for a purpose. And associations know that attracting this particular group is an absolute must. Because, I mean, if we look at the current workforce, we have to recognize that this group makes up the largest demographic in most companies. And this group tend to have a very different expectation of their job. You know, compared to their older counterparts, they may not have the same degree of loyalty towards one company or job, or their patience to climb the corporate ladder may be lacking. And the same may be true when they're joining an association or renewing their membership with the organization. So Frank, if I was to ask you to describe a young professional to me, what would they look like? Well, I've, I've perused several lengthy research papers, um, some big books and, and studies on how to define young professionals. And, you know, what I've found is these are these 20 to 34 year olds. So about two years from graduation and their bachelor's degree or, you know, someone working full time in a profession, they could be categorized as someone who is perceived as obsessed with success, um, help bring some energy and new life into organizations. They're they're digital natives, uh, and they're basically looking to advance their careers. Frank, full admission here, is, is the big book you're reading Google? Who knows? Yeah, because I think you're spot on. I think the definition you gave is how the media or peer researcher, whoever, defines this generation. You know, I think in the association community, we like, to, we like to call them young professionals, but let's face it, it's the millennials or even the Gen Zs that we all keep our fingers crossed will join our associations. But today I wanna present a little different take on these YPs. Because I believe that the great resignation or the great reshuffle combined with two years of a pandemic, it really redefined the young professional into what I would call an emerging professional. That's interesting because couldn't someone, you know, regardless of age, uh, entering a new industry be considered a young professional, you know, in the sense that they should receive the same mentoring resources or, or networking opportunities as someone coming out of school or in their 20s. Yeah, exactly what I'm thinking here, because regardless of age, people are leaving their jobs. You know, they're, they're jobs that they've, they've had for years and they're opting to start a new career with a new company and then many times a new industry. Or they lost their job in the middle of COVID and went into this ultimate survival mode and looked for anything to help support their family or pay their bills. So aren't these also the quote unquote young professionals that associations want as well? And shouldn't associations be on the front lines of providing professional development or specific programs to help these emerging professionals be successful in the new fields they've chosen? No, it could be a kind of an intimidating scenario for someone who's in their 40s or so, you know, trying to go to some of these young professional meetups or, you know, 
uh, things that aren't really marketed to their age group. I mean, Colby, I have I have plenty of gray hairs. I don't think I can fit in with that group, but it'd be something I want to be a part of because it's that knowledge, it's that education that I'm going to need to propel my career. Exactly. So Frank, prove me wrong here. I, mean, I feel like that guy in the meme where he's sitting at a desk with some profound statement asking people <laughs> to prove him wrong. Uh, I'm not sure this is such a profound statement, but professionals aren't joining associations to carry around a membership card. I mean, those days are over. They're looking for an organization or community, as we discussed in our last podcast, that provides some value, some benefit to their professional career. In fact, I'm sure there's plenty of studies wrapped around renewal rates that that point to one of the top reasons someone doesn't renew their membership is due to lack of perceived value. No, of course. You're not paying for a card. You're paying for an opportunity to advance your career, an opportunity to possibly get hired by a fellow member, um, you know, get that education you need to take the next step. So, you know, if you're not seeing the benefits, you know, I, I can't see someone sticking around. Right. And, and let's face it, too. Older members are retiring. Board positions or other volunteer positions are being vacated. And perhaps today more than ever, they're getting more difficult to fill. So it's this YP group or this emerging professionals group that is going to fill that void. But the question is, are organizations doing enough to attract them to the association model? So in this episode, we're going to talk about young or emerging professionals and what steps associations need to take to bring them into their organizations. We'll talk about developing content and programs specific to this group and reaching them on platforms they're most familiar with. And perhaps the best place to start the conversation, and and you brought it up, Frank, we need to wrap it around the idea of a strong mentorship program, which we'll talk extensively about in this episode. These emerging professionals are the future of any profession represented by an association, and their energy and their overall outlook can make a huge difference to the success of our organizations. Today, we're going to talk to Manisha Baskar, Senior Director of Communications and Development for the American Academy of Orthotists and Prosthetists. She's been in the nonprofit Marcom space for more than 25 years and is passionate about giving back to her community. She's a loyal Washington Nats fan. Coffee and wine are good friends of hers, and she lives in Virginia with her husband and three sons. Welcome to the podcast, Manisha. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Great to be with you. (laughs) Absolutely. So I want to start by talking about mentoring young professionals in general. I mean, one of the main reasons we wanted Manisha to be part of this episode is because, quite frankly, she gets it. Uh, She's been mentoring YPs outside of her organization for over 17 years. So, Manisha, I want to talk a little bit about that journey and why you believe mentorship is so important, particularly to someone just starting their career or maybe someone who just needs a little extra push, a little extra encouragement. Such a great topic. And and one, as you mentioned, I'm very passionate about. And I think it has to do with having um, benefited from an amazing mentor myself, you know, very early on in my career. I think it was just right after undergrad. I had amazing, amazing mentor, Tom Gorski, big association professional back in the day. I worked for ASE for a while, and he just really took the time to meet with me consistently. And never, I never felt like there was a question that was 
you know, too basic to ask. He just left his door open for anything I had on my mind, anything I was uncertain about. So when I had a few years under my belt and I actually kind of knew what I was talking about, I thought it best to, to just sort of pay it back. And so, you know, I do a lot of volunteering locally with youth sports because I love sports, but then also with our local DECA chapter, as you all know, Marcom is near and dear to my heart, always will be. And so I feel like it's really important, even as early as like the high school levels where I start all the way up to, you know, after college and when you're entering the job, the workforce for, for the first time, taking the time to meet with them if, if they want it, you know, like if it's, if it's something they sign up for, then you know that, that those individuals are ready and they want to learn. They're eager to learn everything that's not taught in school. When you mentor, are you mentoring folks just within the Marcom space or does it go well beyond that? It goes well beyond that. So there's a program that I'm a part of. I've been a part of it for this one particular seven years and it's, it's, it pairs you up with um, one or two, depending on, you know, your, the time you have to commit to this mentoring program where you actually get paired with um, people that have, you know, filled out a questionnaire and you're matched up. It's just similar interests, right? So the two that I'm mentoring right now, one is a high school senior who is interested in business. That's all, that's all this person knows right now. And I keep saying, thank goodness you don't know more than that because you would be limiting yourself from the get-go, right? Um, and the other one is actually a third-year association professional. So, so it just depends. It depends on how who's in the pool at the time and similar interests, et cetera. So that's what we are doing right now. Great. So how are you currently connecting young professionals with seasoned mentors within your organization? Oh, great, great, great question. So this one is is um, very close to my heart. I've been representing orthotics and prosthetics, the profession as a whole for this is my 25th year, believe it or not. And it's amazing to have been able to see students when they were in, you know, getting their degrees in OMP and then moving on from uh, employer to employer to employer and kind of just seeing their career paths. So what, what we do in our organization is we make sure that we take the time to understand the young professional member's journey because everyone is different. Every single one is different. And I think that's what keeps it so fresh. But it also really puts the onus on our organization, doesn't it? To make sure we are flexible and we are very creative with our approaches because, you know, let's say, let's say young professional A is on a research track and they, you know, they want to do research only. Okay, great. Whereas you have young professional B who's, who wants to be right in front of the patient all the time in our healthcare space. Well, that's a very different, those are very unique paths and they need to be mentored in ways that are going to help strengthen that journey that they're on. So we have an amazing group, amazing group of seasoned professionals, members of our organization that are part of what we call our fellow program. So one thing that the Academy does a very good job of is it pairs those seasoned professionals with these younger professionals, but in a very, um, in a very loose way. So it's not a formal pairing. We have a separate mentoring program for that. And we can talk about that in just a little bit. But at events, for example, 
you know, when you're at your, when we're at our annual meeting, we actually have an event where we have first time attendees, majority of which are young professionals, meet up with our group of fellows that are there in person. And it's just that sort of casual, loosely organized networking event where, and kudos to, to the academy staff, because the academy staff are the ones that are there making those soft introductions. You know, it's intimidating for a young professional. Also for some seasoned professionals, it's just not their jam, right? To go up to someone and introduce themselves. So just making sure you have a solid team there that's able to, to make those introductions. And then you just step back, right? And then the conversation is flowing. And that's the joy of it all with our mentoring program, that is a more structured annual program where, similar to what I was what I was mentioning that I do, where you're matched with someone with similar interests. I won't say like-minded. Some of the young professionals don't really know necessarily what they are going to be pursuing wholeheartedly. They're just, you know, kind of dipping their toes in the water. Some of them already know. But what we do there, it's, it's really interesting. And we have a really strong academy team member that leads this program up. There are preset questions that a mentor is given and a preset of questions that mentees are given. And each month, they're required to engage with one another on those topics. Sure, they can talk about whatever else they want. These are just sort of feeder questions to get the discussion going. Which is always a great start, right? When a young professional needs to talk to someone who is is clearly a veteran in the industry, what do you talk about? So the Academy providing those questions is a great icebreaker, if you will. Absolutely. It's that intimidation factor that we just want. You know, I was talking to Frank earlier, and it's amazing how such a disgusting thing like a pandemic can teach you so many amazing things about yourself as a person. And one thing that we've all learned, and I think, uh, you know, the Academy is an amazing job not letting go of, (laughs) will not ever let go of, is the fact that we need to consistently message the fact that forget your years of experience, forget your background, forget your, your race, your sex, forget all of that, human to human, right? We all are are here living life with unique experiences, which means we can all learn from one another. So take all of that muck out of it, right? Which is which is not frankly how I, how, you know, when I was coming up, that's all you focused on. Oh my goodness, I got to talk to this person. What am I going to do? Am I dressed appropriately? All of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, throw all that out of the window for a second and really have a sincere conversation, human to human. That in and of itself is it's one of the big things that I, in my personal volunteering that I really try to emphasize. It's this quiet confidence, not cockiness, not like, you know, well, I'm the best at, but throw that nonsense out the window as well. It's more of, you know, you got something to offer. I got something to offer. Can we both grow from this? It's that simple. That's a great life lesson right there. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. Well, Manisha, if you were to put together somewhat of a, a toolkit for young professionals, what would go in it? Such a great question. Oh, um, you know, I really feel that the young professionals that I've, I've interacted with, it's been a privilege, all have the, you know, the textbook, classroom fundamentals in their areas of study down. You know, I think educators are doing an amazing job in the classroom. Amazing. What I'm finding is, and, and partly probably because of the pandemic, I mean, the world did shut down for a bit. I'm finding that for whatever reason, there's a lack of that sort of hands-on experience, the ability to to just go up to someone like I was mentioning and and have a conversation that's not laced with intimidation. That's not like, 
oh, you know, my goodness, what am I going to say to this person? You know, it's more of, and without appearing cocky. So it's that, that quiet confidence of being able to walk into a room, own your place, own your purpose, go up to someone that you've been trying to meet and hi, I'm so-and-so. I've heard a lot about you, read your research. Um, I really love to connect and then stop talking. That's the key. <laughs> stop talking. Listen, you got to be able to listen. So I think quiet confidence, I think amazing listening skills where you're not trying to think about the next thing you're going to say while the person is still talking. I mean, it sounds like something that you would learn in kindergarten, but how often we forget just those basics. Listening is big. Quiet confidence, I think, is big. Uh, And I think also just understanding that, you know, if you mess up, if you screw up, it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't mean that that opportunity is missed. I think that young professionals need to understand that if something doesn't go the way they planned, it's on them to make something of it. No one is going to make something of it for you. You're going to have to Let's say you were in an interview and, oh man, I should have said that, or goodness, this is, he asked me this question or she asked me this question and I really didn't answer it. Words were coming out of my mouth, but it wasn't, it wasn't a, an applicable answer. Follow that up. Own your stuff. Follow that up. Give them a call. There's an idea. Pick up the phone and give them a call. Don't rely on email and text and all of this stuff. That's great. Set yourself apart. Give them a call say that all rests with quiet confidence overall owning your potential and listening perfect and you know we were, we're talking about what we've learned for the pandemic how did the pandemic change the way associations connect with young professionals oh, that was um you know i'll speak for our association for sure we stopped doing what was working before because we acknowledged immediately that all of that would completely need to be reworked. Are we holding on to some of the stuff? Yeah, maybe just some of it, but really we've provided a lot. It's a completely different approach. And our approach is very simple, is that we meet each member where they are. Because before the pandemic, everybody, you could group them. You know, the personas and all of that we learned when we were in college, you could lump them. You might miss a few, but you could lump them. Can't do that anymore. You cannot do that anymore. You know, Colby, you, you might be, you know, your mental state might be exactly where a 24 years old mental space is right now. And Frank, you and I might be matching up with a 78 year old. It doesn't matter anymore. All of that, you got to throw out the window and you really have to get to know your members. There's a, there's a, like a really shocking um, revelation, right? But let's try it. So we did, and this is how we did it. We understood, so so just to be clear, the Academy represents orthotic and prosthetic professionals throughout the entire journey, student through retirement. One thing we pride ourselves on as an organization is that our foundation is laced in education, right? It is, everything is based in education. So when your community and all others at that time is most vulnerable, what can you harness? So we went we went to our educators. We went to all of our educators across the country. They couldn't teach in person. They hadn't, who would have known that they would have needed online curriculum to be so, you know, robust. So again, we reached out to our seasoned members and we created a directory. We created a directory of anyone who would be willing to present virtually 
to students who were also in a virtual setting, their dorm room, their home, whatever it was, based on areas of quote unquote expertise, right? So if you're, if the area of study that the educator was supposed to be covering had to do with the psychology of a patient or how to approach a patient in this, in this manner, they would reference this directory free of charge, get a professional presenter to meet that education requirement and to ensure that the student's learning did not stop. Because whether these students liked it or not, they are on a timeline. They are going to have to graduate, take their exams, get certified, do their residency, all of this stuff would need to happen. So what could we as an organization do to move that along? That's one thing we did, but we didn't stop there. So although that, that is still continuing, because you know, who knows if there's an outbreak somewhere, they have to go virtual, they have access to this directory. We also made it a point to poll our members to figure out what topics really wanted, really warranted the attention, you know, at any given time. And those are, this is an ongoing process because, I mean, gosh, it could, it could change by the day. So it's, it's making sure that you have a very good handle on the pulse of what your young professionals are really wanting to learn about. Not what you think they want to learn about, but what they want to learn about. And it, we've gotten some topics that I would say were not at all what I was expecting we would get. And if, if the numbers align, of course, we will provide it. So I think it's, it's just constantly making sure that you're taking the time to listen to what your, your members are saying, all members, young, any age group, it doesn't matter. But I feel like the young professional group needs a little extra outreach at this point because they've really had two years taken away from pivotal growth moments. And I feel like whatever they feel that they're lacking in, they should be the ones to tell us. We shouldn't be the ones to assume. So would you feel that the young professionals' expectations have changed as well? Oh, yes. Um, You know, Frank, and you and I were talking about this earlier. You hear so much about like the great resignation and how that's really impacting, you know, our, our age group. Sure. But what's interesting is that these young professionals are coming out that way. They're coming out saying, I'm, I'm not necessarily interested in this first offer that I got or the second or the third. <laughs> I am really going to be very, very, very particular about the opportunity that I sign up with. And this is, this is employment. This is volunteering. This is whether or not to become a member of your association. And it's not so much what's in it for me. It's not that necessarily anymore. It's such a really strong fabric of my time is valuable. I want to make sure that everything I'm contributing to, whether it's my skill set or my free, my free time, I want to make sure that has meaning to me, not just the dollars. It's not about that necessarily for all. Does it really have meaning for me? And I get that, you know, it's, if there, gosh, there's only more than 24 hours in a day. There's so much you want to, you want to absorb as a, as a human, but you also want to make sure that you're, you're spending your time in a way and providing an organization with access to your skill set. It's really going to benefit from it. Uh, so I, I think that, I mean, I, I will completely put myself out there when I was a young professional, those days are long gone, but when I was a young professional, that was not my mindset. My mindset was get in, get a, get as much experience as you can leave, get more experience somewhere else, stay there for a hot second, 
leave, do it again, and then find that organization you want to stick to. That was the career trajectory that we were taught in school. And I'm so grateful that that's not it anymore. You know, I'm a mom of three, and I'm so grateful that they're coming up in a very different environment where it's, it's, uh, you can pick, you can hold off and, and you can find the fit that's exactly what you want right now. So I think that, that that's what I'm seeing, at least with young professionals right now. And I'm, I think that's only going to strengthen our future down the road as a society. So that's what I would say. Some of this is, is, has kind of been referenced, but I think we can all agree that content is really a huge component of an association's value proposition. But like a lot of what you've been talking about, I think we have to admit that, that one piece of content doesn't fit all constituents, you know, particularly when, it, when you're trying to reach out to those young professionals. So Manisha, are you crafting content specifically for YPs? And if so, what does that look like? Oh, such a good question. And one I'm really excited about, you know, yes, we are crafting content specific to young professionals. And we, we target those messages by sending to that subgroup very old school methodology. What I'm really excited about is, I have to say in a way that I'm not going to like spill the beans too early, we are really looking forward to providing additional targeted content across all journey points. Let's call it that because you could be, you know, you could be 40 and just starting out and that would make you a young professional. And that's, there's, that's amazing. Go for it. Or you could be 20 and doing the same thing. So we are hoping to launch targeted content, if not late this year, early next year, through a variety of uh, Marcom vehicles. I will say that for sure. We're not there yet. We are a very small team and uh, we do what we can, but we do it well. So rather than rushing through it, we're uh, hoping to target via both digital and written words. So very excited about it. Yeah, I think you're bringing up a good point there. I, I think for every professional within that journey, if you will, and you're, you're targeting a specific message, but that targeted message isn't just a message going to specific people within the organization. It's how you write it. It's the, the vehicle that you're putting it out in. Is it a video? Is it an audio? Is it text? Is it social? So I think it's like, there's a lot of components you have to think about as you create that communication strategy for the different folks within the, the journey. You know, absolutely. And again, I want to go back to the fact is we cannot assume what a disservice we would be doing ourselves and our organizations if we made that assumption, oh, well, you're under 25, so I guess you want it this way. Don't tell me how I want to consume my information. Ask me. And I think that's one thing. I know AB does a great job of that. And uh, making sure that you give your markets the opportunity to let you know what you want to uh, learn more about, what you don't, and how you want to receive that information. Staying on a similar topic, you know, are y'all connecting with young professionals on the, the platforms you're using like TikTok or, or YouTube? So not yet. Uh, YouTube, yeah, for sure. TikTok, not yet. Um, we just actually, last week, our team had a call with um, that mentoring group that I was mentioning to learn about different topics and methodologies of um, receiving information. You know, it's, it's interesting. As a representative of a healthcare-based nonprofit, there are perceptions, right, that you have to be able to navigate. And some, we're finding that some view t- TikTok as, you know, yeah, man, that'd be great. I would, I could just, in the evening when I'm scrolling, I could see a pop-in about something professional. That would be great. That's not what the majority seem to be saying. 
but we only just started asking, asking the question formally last week. So stay tuned on that. Uh, not at all opposed to it. Shouldn't be opposed to any vehicle, but we need to make sure that we're meeting, again, our members where they are. So just doing a simple data analysis of where our members currently are. Insta is totally hot with our, with our group, LinkedIn. Facebook is dwindling, uh, and that makes sense, right, based on, on analytics overall. So I uh, hope to talk to you all more on the next podcast about that. How about that? Cool. I think that question was mainly so that Frank can uh, <laughs> promote his own TikTok channel. I keep trying to. <laughs> I have to check this out. I, ha- I have to check this out. Am I going to be scared? or No, not at all. Okay. Always. <laughs> Says the, says the owner of the content. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think as we, you know, evolve the conversation about content as well, again, this was, this was kind of referenced in, in earlier questions, but young professionals are really always looking for additional professional development, which is obviously something associations excel at. I want to talk a little bit about professional development and like the, the, the content discussion we just had. Are you developing programs specifically for young professionals? Yes, actually. Our team just launched at our, we just had our convention in March. Thank God it was in person. We just had um, our convention in March and um, we launched a young professionals, rising professionals is actually what it's called. Great, um, great name that a team member came up with rising professional series. And it's a year long series. It did launch at our show. And at the show, we, we hit on things that the classroom doesn't touch, right? So interviewing skills, we had mock interviews, resume critiques, bring your resume. We have, we have seasoned O&P professionals that could potentially be an employer of yours one day reviewing your resume. I mean, how much better can you get than that? We offered headshots all during a series of sessions throughout the show. So then we're carrying it through throughout the year. So there's a touch, there's touch a schedule throughout the year different topics, but all bringing in really well-known, well-respected O&P professionals to, again, reinforce that loose networking between the young professional and the season. So very excited about it. And the call that I mentioned last week, they were actually brainstorming topics that the young professionals were. What do you want us to cover for you during these sessions throughout the year. So very excited about it. You know, the Academy has always offered that structured mentoring program I was talking to you all about earlier, as well as sprinkles of loose, I call it loose mentoring throughout the year, where whether it's helping you prepare for that exam, the exam certification exam you need to take, um, and pairing you with someone who maybe, you know, served as an examiner back in the day, even though things might've changed, just helping you better be prepared, whether it's nerves or if it's knowledge, either one, helping you be better prepared for those types of experiences that get you to that, okay, here I am now, I am a certified or a a licensed O&P professional, I'm ready now just to get you to that point. And then, and then we talk again, we talk as you're going through maybe that, uh, that first year of employment, there's a lot. I mean, my goodness, remember our first years of employment, what's an annual review? What do I have to, what is this? All of that. So the conversation needs to be on a continuum. It can't just be a one and done. If you're not taking advantage of a, of a firm structured mentoring program at your organization right now, or if you're a member of ASAE and you're not into that, whatever it is, 
find someone Find someone that you look up to that's successful in what they do. It doesn't have to be in your area of expertise because everybody's first year is a first year. Everybody's, you know, everybody's annual review check-in time is that. It doesn't matter if it's in the Marcom space, in the econ space or finance, just find someone you can connect with because if you don't, that is what's going to set you apart from the rest and not in a good way. So are you creating any volunteer opportunities for your young professionals? And also, are they a part of your board or committees? Great question. Yes, um, we have an ongoing volunteer sign-up survey thing on our website, and it is, it is used year-round. Um, we, have a, we do have a student resident committee, but more so we have, gosh, I think it's over 53, 54 committees on which any, any member wherever they are in their professional journey can join. No restrictions there at all. With our board, however, we, based on our bylaws, we do have restrictions. It doesn't, it's not based on age or where you are. It's more on certification or what function you provide in your professional world um, that we have to adhere to. But, you know, for example, we just launched our, we opened our call force abstracts for our 2023 meeting. And, you know, our clinical content committee is just fantastic. They offered up the opportunity for anyone to serve as a peer reviewer of those abstracts. Anyone, you just fill out a, fill out a form, tell us what your area of expertise is or knowledge base is. And if there's content that comes in that's accepted by the clinical content committee, you'll get paired up to review it. So again, it's just making sure that there's equal access to opportunities when allowed. I mean, your bylaws state something, your bylaws state something. But we, we do try our best to, again, keep every door and window open. People can come and go as they, as they feel best. Very good. So I think we need to end this episode with a pretty large blanket statement. I think it goes something like this. Engaging young professionals is a long-term commitment. It's really a true investment in your association. So Manisha, no pressure here, but I want to give you the opportunity to leave us with a pretty profound statement. What's the value of this engagement? It's an amazing question. And I think I have an amazing answer. That's what we were hoping. (laughs) (laughs) When you take the time to invest in young professionals, if you do it right, if you don't rush, and if you listen, you will have a customer for life. Mic drop. Excellent. I don't know if we can go any further than that. That was yeah, I think we're done. Oh, gosh, yeah. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Oh, <laughs> well, thanks, Manisha. We, we appreciate you being a part of today's discussion. Now, let's put you in the hot seat one last time in a final oh. segment we like to call the Briefings Minute. So we're going to fire off a minute worth of questions just to learn a little bit more about you. So give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Right, here we go. Manisha, what is your favorite dipping sauce? Chick-fil-A sauce. Would you rather spend the afternoon with a box of snakes or a hive of bees? I really wish everyone could see her face right now. <laughs> Field box of snakes with triple locks. Oh, that's fair. I like it. <laughs> Loophole. Okay. Uh, what was the last show you watched on Netflix? If it was on Netflix, but Succession. Nice. On vacations, do you prefer to have plans or go with the flow? Go with the flow. What's a good wake-up song to start your day? Walking on sunshine. Sing the first line. I'm just kidding. No way. (laughs) If if there was a reality show based on you, what would the title of the show be? High management. 
If you could have an unlimited supply of one thing, what would it be? Time. Mm, I like that. Crafty. What is your least favorite chore? Laundry. Same. What's the first concert you ever attended? Me too. And if you didn't work in the association world, what would your hypothetical dream job be? Working with young professionals, establishing mentoring programs. See, I knew we, I knew there was a reason we had her on this episode. <laughs> I think that's the final buzzer, Manisha. So thanks again for joining us today. Thank you guys so much. You guys are doing such great work. I cannot tell you. I, I've listened to all of the podcasts and I actually have notes on each one of things that we can use at the Academy. So thank you for all you do. That's great. You. I think you just, you just added a, another component to that. So thank you. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Engaging in the Next. Join us each month as we discuss trends that impact what's next in the association world. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you'd like more information about association briefings, be sure to visit us online at associationbriefings.com. 